We brought you messages from characters in the Bible. Some of them are known and some unknown. From the interviews with Jesus with these characters. The outcast who became a witness in John chapter 4. Then in John chapter 8, Jesus said to a woman, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Then we brought you a message on salvation in the death chamber. Not on death row, but this man was in the death chamber. And he was saved in Luke 23. And then a quest for souls. We preached on last <laughs> Lord's Day of John 1. How that Andrew went out to find a soul and to bring them to Jesus. We come to John chapter 9 this morning and an undeniable testimony. You can't say much if a man has an undeniable testimony. John chapter 9, the text is found in verse 25. <clears throat> Here's a man born blind. In verse 25, he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. He said, I don't know much about what all the fuss is about. You see, this man, nobody noticed him. They passed him by. Day after day, he was seated at the gate of the city, of his city, and he was a beggar, born blind. And then when he got his eyes open, he got in trouble. And they began to cause a great big fuss about this man who opened his eyes, and why did he do it, and so on like that. And here they're questioning him. And uh, he said, one thing I know. Whereas I was blind, now I can see. He said, one day my eyes was closed, and now they're open, and I know that. I know that. This is undeniable testimony. He's called, <laughs> here in this chapter, man born blind, because he is the only man miracle that's performed like this of a man born blind in the Gospels. Now in Acts you have others. But here is the only example you have of a man that was born blind and Jesus opened his eyes. Now Jesus opened the eyes of other blind folks. Now I want you to know what Jesus did to him it says, as Jesus passed by in verse 1, you see that? He is on his way somewhere else, as we mentioned before. He saw a man blind from his birth. Down in verse 6, when he had thus spoken, he kept talking about he was the light of the world, and he never performed miracles just to be performing miracles. Now he's going to show them he's the light of the world. And he says in verse 6, When he had thus spoken, 
he spit on the ground and made clay out of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and then he told him to go wash and he went and washed in the pool of Siloam and he came see. Now, <clears throat> here he puts, he spits on the ground and he puts mud on the eyes of the man and he goes and washes and his eyes are open. Now, some of the blind folks in the Bible, and there were many, Jesus opened their eyes sometime two at a time. That'd be a good study for you sometime. But here, he puts the mud on the eyes, eyelids, and he tells them to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, that was quite a ordeal to get down to this place where you got to go straight down to the pool of Siloam. You're high up here, and the pool of Siloam is way down. you got to go down... Uh, steps of stone to get down to it. But he went, he went to do this. He went to do this. Some other folks said he opened their eyes, he put clay on their eyelids and commanded them to wash. Others, he just touched them and the touch was enough. To others, he just spoke and their eyes were open. You remember blind Bartimaeus? He just spoke and his eyes were open. Somebody said that three of these blind men met and they were talking of how Jesus opened blind eyes. One of them said, well, I know how he opens his blind eyes. He puts mud on the eye and you wash it off. That's how he does it. Another one said, no, that's not so. Why, the way he opens eyes is that he touches folks. And their eyes are open. Another one said, that's not true. Why, he just speaks, and it takes place. you got three denominations. The mud eyes, the touch eyes, and the spit eyes. <laughs> he opens their eyes in different ways. Here in chapter 9, he puts mud on the eyes and he tells him to go wash. <coughs> Three things stand out here. Number one, the blind beggar receives his sight. And then second, the blind beggar repeats his story. He keeps repeating this story. Wouldn't you? Your eyes are open. And then, the third thing, the blind beggar recognizes his Savior. He finally does before this chapter's through. But at first, he didn't know much about this. Remember that the blind beggar did not select Christ. Christ selected him when he came by. He just passed by and selected him out of the group. By the way, he probably passed by hundreds of other blind folks. But he stopped at this one. And he opened his eyes. I see in this chapter the growth of a soul. The growth of a soul. <clears throat> now, look carefully with me. 
For this man, after he got his eyes open, came seeing, he became the center of attraction. Look at verse 8. The neighbors, therefore, they that were before had seen him, that he was blind, and said, Is not this he that sat and begged? The neighbors got in on it. They said, Why, isn't this the same one used to sit up yonder by the road? Isn't that the same one? Why, it looks like it must be the same one. Look down verse 9 and 10. It says, Some said, This is he. Others said, He's like him. But he said, I'm he. He said, I'm the one. I'm the one that used to be up there. So you got the neighbors and you got other, others in the crowd. And then you got his parents gets in on this. In verse 18, But the Jews did not believe him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son? Who... <clears throat> Who ye say was born blind? How then doth he now see? And his parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. We know our children when we look at them. He's, he's my son, he said. Look at verse 21. By what means he now seeth? Boy, they were... They were excited about this because he'd got his eyes open now. And they had to do something with this miracle portraying that he's the light of the world. So do you this morning as you listen. You've got to either say that he's the light of the world or he's lying. One or the other. He said, by what means... He now seeth, we know not, or hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, his parents said. Ask him, and he'll speak for himself. Why don't you ask him? Well, the Pharisees got in on it, you see. Here's his neighbors, here's others in the crowd, here's his parents, here's Pharisees now. They said, we don't believe him. And they, they said, he's not of God. Why, he's healing on the Sabbath day. He's not of God. And then, of course, Jesus gets in on it, the, last, the latter part of the chapter, and we'll get to that. So here's the folks that got in on it, and the way this man answered their questions, this religious crowd, shows the growth of a soul. Look at verse 11. Verse 11, he answered and said, A man that's called Jesus made clay. He called him a man. He said, A man called Jesus made clay. Do you know that Jesus called a man here in John's Gospel 12 times? 12 times. Verse 17, he is a prophet. Oh, he's growing in his soul now. He said, he's a prophet. What sayest thou of him who opened thine eyes? He said, he's a prophet. Verse 27. 
They said, Will you be his disciple? What did he to thee? Is he your master? Here's a part of his testimony. He's saying, He's my master. Then, in verse 35, He's Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Yes, he's a man called Jesus. He's a prophet. He's my master. He's Jesus, Son of God. Look at verse 36. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Then Jesus said, practice the same thing to him. He said to the woman at the well, in verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. He said, you're looking at the Son of God right now. You're looking at him. And then in verse 38, he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And then Jesus makes the application of the whole thing of opening the eyes of the blind. <clears throat> so here's the growth of a soul. He arrives at the place where he says, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Nobody arrives at that, uh, until they arrive at that place. You've got to come to that conclusion that Jesus is Lord. Our Lord performed miracles not to show off but to meet the needs of those nearby and to prove that he was a Messiah. He is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He's always teaching spiritual truth. This is why he said, I'm the light of the world. Boy, what a dark world this would be without Jesus this morning. What a dark world it'd be if we didn't have him as our life. I'm told in the United States somebody goes blind every 20 minutes. Have you thought about what it'd be like to be blind? You that have eyes and can see, think about those that are blind, cannot see. Every 20 minutes somebody goes blind. In the Holy Land, in the day that Jesus walked upon this earth, oh, there were hundreds and hundreds of people that went blind. Why? Because of the sandstorms and because of the, uh, the uh, insects that would come through and, and get in their eyes and all of this. It, it's a terrible place sometimes to be because of the eyes. And the poor people, of course, did not uh, have glasses and this kind of thing. So he had a lot of folks going blind. And this man had never seen the light of day. He was born blind. He had, <clears throat> he had never seen the beauty of God's creation. When Jesus arrived, <clears throat> everything was changed. Here's a great, the greatest miracle here wasn't the opening of his eyes. The greatest miracle here 
was the opening of his heart and the opening of his mouth. Well, this man did a lot of talking in this chapter. I urge you when you go home to read this chapter. <clears throat> we'll not read it this morning, but you read it in your devotion. You'll see how much this man talked and how he tried to tell these folks what had happened to him. Here's an undeniable testimony. This man selected by Jesus, well-known beggar in the city, and it was on the Sabbath day, and they set up and took note of that. And then the disciples did not uh, look at this man as an object of mercy, but rather discussion. They said, who sinned, this man or his parents? They bring it up a theological question. Well, the main thing was his eyes is open. That's the main thing. When his eyes was open, the leaders got in on it. This man called their bluff. This blind man called their bluff. Four times in this chapter, he's asked, how were you healed? How'd you get your eyes open? Four times. Well, he gets tired of that question after a while. Let me show you what he does now. This is a bold man. <clears throat> Look at, uh, look at verse 23. Therefore, said his parents, he's of age, asked him. Then again they called the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know this man's a sinner, this one that's opened your eyes. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you did not hear. Wherefore, would you hear it again? He said, I'm telling it over and over. You want to hear it again? Will you be his disciple? He said, If I told you, would you become one of his disciples? Oh, my, you're going to get in trouble now. Verse 28, and they reviled him. They jumped on him now. And he said, Thou art his disciple, and we are Moses' disciple. You say, We've become his disciple. We're Moses. We'll have you know we're Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not whence he is. We don't know anything about this Jesus. This man answered and said unto them, Why herein is a marvelous thing that you know not whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. He said, If you are so religious, and you have all your theology straight, he said, Why is it you don't know this one? You know Moses, and I've got my eyes open, and you don't know this one? Boy. They finally got mad at him, and, and uh, you know what they did? They excommunicated him. You know what that is, don't you? They threw him out of the synagogue. See, first of all, they began to try to discredit what was taking place. And then they tried to discredit his parents. When that failed, and then they jumped on the man. And when that failed, 
of course, they said, well, you were lined up with this Jesus. We don't know anything about him. We're just going to throw you out. So they threw him out of the synagogue. Isn't that something now? Here he is, his eyes are uh, closed, and they wouldn't have him. And his eyes are open, and they still wouldn't have him. There's some churches like that. If you ever get saved, they wouldn't have you. No, sir. No, sir. He got his eyes open, and they didn't want him. They said, we're going to cast you out. <clears throat> but you know Jesus found him? Jesus found him. It says that Jesus looked for him. Jesus looked for him. Jews cast him out of the temple. The Lord of the temple took him in. The Lord of the temple took him in. Jesus found him. He not only looked for him, but he found him. And then Jesus confronted him. And he said to him in verse 35, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? Do you believe on the Son of God? And... Uh, this man, of course, confronted by Christ, really got his eyes open, <clears throat> spiritual eyes. Where is he? He said, I know not. What did he do to thee? He hath opened mine eyes. Who is he? man called Jesus, prophet. He's of God. He's son of God. He's Lord. He's Lord. Now, some very practical things in the remaining time. Number one is this, in this story. Not only was his eyes open, but his heart and his mouth was open too. Listen, if you ever get saved, you'll tell others about it too. If he ever comes into your heart and life, you can't keep it to yourself. Look over in Mark at chapter 8. Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. You may not tell it like anybody else, but you'll tell it. You'll let somebody know. Verse 38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. He said, when you get your eyes open and your heart open, you'll have your mouth open. And you should tell others why this man didn't even know who it was that opened his eyes when he started. But boy, he got to know him. He got to know this Christ. He got to know him. Second truth, when you follow Jesus, watch out for the critics. And you'll have plenty of them. If you follow Christ, you'll have critics. He had critics here. Now I want you to note what Jesus said to this bunch that was giving this man such a hard time. Look down at verse 39. Verse 39. And Jesus said... For judgment I am coming to this world 
that they that see not might see, and that they which would which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? They still trying to pick a fight with the Lord. Look at verse 41. Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see. Therefore, your sin continues to remain, remaineth. Your sin remaineth. <clears throat> They'd said, Lord, we'd like to get our eyes open spiritually. We'd like some help from you. Why, he'd helped them. You know that? But here's what they said. Why, we're not blind like this fellow. We're not blind like he is. We're Moses' disciples. Jesus said, Why, I'm come into this world that some eyes will be open, others be closed. This man got his eyes open. He got his eyes open. They could not deny this testimony that he was blind, that he was born blind. Do you know God had a purpose? just passing that way and this man from his birth never had his eyes open now he was in the purpose of God in the will of God and his eyes are open and everybody's looking and pointing to the one who's light of the world he now had his eyes open <coughs> you heard a little story about the boy at the puppies and uh, he had a sign out in the front yard and it said Methodist puppies for sale and uh, of course the Methodist preacher was close by and he passed by and saw that sign and it said Methodist puppies nine days later the boy changed the sign and put Baptist puppies for sale so the preacher stopped off and he said the other day, he said, you had Methodist puppies. Now you got to change the sign, you got Baptist puppies. The boy said, yeah, but they're nine days old now. And they got their eyes open. <laughs> they're Baptist puppies. <laughs> Look at verse 7. This man came seeing he came back from washing in the pool of Siloam and he came seeing. Think of it. Think of what an hour it was when his eyes was open to spiritual things. When we get our eyes open to holy things and the word of God and, and what the Lord would have for us. You'll have some critics. He did. As soon as his eyes was open, he had critics. You'll have them too. There's a third thing, practical truth here. When others cast you out, Jesus will take you in. When others cast you out, Jesus will take you in. Number one, not only was his eyes open, but his heart and his mouth was open. Number two, when you follow Jesus, 
you'll have critics. Number three, when others cast you out, Jesus will take you in. Look at verse 34. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and thus thou teach us. You trying to teach us now, and you were born in sin. And they cast him out. Let me tell you something. Jesus never said a thing about him being born in sin. Are you listening now? He never said a thing about their theological hang-up here. He just went and found this man and took him in. When others cast you out, Jesus take you in. Jesus take you in. When the religious crowd could not deny this miracle, here was a man with his eyes open. They tried to discredit Jesus, and finally they excommunicated him from the synagogue or the church or the temple. When Jesus heard it, he came looking for him. It says that he worshipped. I'm looking at verse 38. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Why, casting him out led to true worship. True worship. And then <clears throat> there's a fourth question and this is one for everyone present this morning. Do you really believe that he is of God? That he is the Son of God? The Lord of glory? Do you really believe that? Do you? I'm turning over to Paul's word in the Roman letter. At chapter 10, do you really believe on the Son of God? Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I like the way that an old black brother put it. He said, he expressed it like this. He said, I did my part in salvation, and God did his part. He said, my part was that I was running as fast as I could go in my sins away from him. And his part was that he took out after me and he caught me. He run me down. He said, I did the sinning. He did the saving. I did the running fast as my sins would take me and he overtook me and he saved me that's the way it was that's the way it is that's the way it is in your life